I'm waiting outside of the house of Hans de Boer. And look who's coming with her electric vehicle. It's Lonneke. Hey, Harman. Good to see you. Good to see you too. With your electric vehicle. Yes, with my electric vehicle. I'm going to plug it in. Okay, there's a little blue light here. Yeah, I think it's charging. I don't have any of my card here. Yeah, now it's pulsing. Now it's green. Blue becomes green. Yeah, it needs to be blue. Then it's charging. So maybe I need my card. Maybe you can ask this man behind you. Yeah, Hello, Hans de Boer. Let's have a look. It's charging, but very slowly. And it's now uh, speeding up. So I think it, the, the car needs a little bit of time. That's normal for an electrical car. A car just connects, finds out if it is okay, and then it slowly starts charging and it does that to protect the, the, the local grid of the house in this case. That sounds smart. Yeah, so the car communicates with the charger, as Hans explained, uh, to start the charging properly. Hi, welcome to Transition Talk On Site, episode 3. A podcast by Accenture where it's all about our energy needs in the future. My name is Harmen van der Veen. My name is Lonneke Tabak. I'm the Energy Transition Services Lead at Accenture the Netherlands. And this is the second season of Transition Talk. But this time we go outdoors and talk about energy transition on site. Well, we are at the driveway of Hans de Boer. And uh, I came here with my electric car and it's connected to his private charger. It's all about charging today. Yeah, we're going to discuss smart charging. So you can just plug in your car and it can char start charging immediately at full power. But that's not very smart. So you can, there are better ways to manage the charging of your car. And that's what we're going to discuss today. This is a topic close to my heart because before I joined Accenture, I worked for Newmotion for a couple of years. Newmotion is now called Shell Recharge Solutions. And at Newmotion, Newmotion and Greenflux started about the same time, at about the same time. So. Um, yeah, there we worked on the development of smart charging solutions as well. So I'm really excited that we're going to discuss this topic today. You mentioned Greenflux already? Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, well, Hans de Boer, who we're going to meet today, he founded Greenflux. And Greenflux is really a frontrunner in developing smart charging solutions. So that's why I invited Hans. And he invited us in his house. Yes, it's very nice. So we're here in Amsterdam. So in the last episodes, we were at the farm and then at an industrial facility. Today is completely different. We're in a suburban area. Um, and Hans has his own driveway, which is really nice, where he has a private charger. But important to mention as well is that there are also public chargers in the area. Uh, so when you don't have your own driveway, you can request a public charger at the municipality of Amsterdam. Uh, so there are several public chargers that you can also use if you need to charge your car. These charging places in this neighborhood, how do you get it and where? Well, if you don't have your own driveway, so if you don't have the option to place your own private charger, you can send a request to the municipality to place a public charger. And now there are already quite a few public chargers. So if you drive an electric car, it's a lot easier to find a charging spot than, let's say, 10 years ago. So when I worked for New Motion, we helped our first clients to also make this re request at the municipality, a request for a public charger. It was all new in those days. It was all very new. And when and whenever a charger was installed, it was worthy of a celebration. So what we did when a public charger was installed, we had a DJ coming over in like um, a bike with a... What's it called in English? A cargo bike? All right, yeah, I can. I, I see the picture. Yeah, he had a DJ set in it and he plugged it in into the charger. 
because back then the chargers had a normal household household socket. Serious? Yeah, nowadays chargers and cars have a special plug. But back then it was just a normal household socket. So the DJ could just plug in his DJ set and we had a party for about an hour on the street and then everyone disappeared again. Okay. A lot of parties were celebrated. Yeah, exactly. At some point we had to stop because when a lot of more when a lot more public charges were installed, it was hard to maintain these celebrations, but it was really nice. Uh, Big fun in the old days. Yes, exactly. But now we take a look in the future. Yes, we are going to take a look in the future, in the future of smart charging. Let's go inside and meet Hans. Yes, let's do that. Well, here we are at your table, Hans. Nice to meet you. Yes, thank you. Welcome. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, Hans de Boer. I'm, uh, yeah, I ha have always been involved in, let's say, new technology developments, starting in, in mobile phones and uh, after that in the internet area. And about 15 years ago, I came in touch with an American uh, Israeli company, Better Place. They had an idea that cars would become electric. There were no electric cars at the time yet. And uh, if they wanted to, to help them to develop the European market, which I did. And uh, that's also how I came into the business of electrical cars and immediately smart charging, because that was already part of the plan. So uh, where we are going to talk uh, about today. And can you elaborate a little bit about smart charging? I mean, is there stupid charging? Yeah, I think <laughs> that, well, the, the word smart and the word charging is, of course, very generic. Eh? That, that always makes it difficult. But if we talk about smart charging, we are talking about electrical cars eh? because there's also smart homes and there is smart, so many things of so smart, I, know, I don't know, industry uh, usage of energy. Eh? So smart is all over, but this is really only about electrical cars and how you charge them. And if you want to generalize it, smart charging basically means depending on whatever is happening in the environment and you want to optimize, can we charge uh, uh, faster or slower uh, to accommodate those needs? I think if you make it very generic, that is basically what you call smart charging. And there are many ways how you can deploy that and uh, we will elaborate uh, later on that. I heard you telling about the first days of smart charging. Yes. And you even started your own company? Yeah, based on the experience of uh, working with the American-Israeli uh, company Better Place and, and working on smart charging, I realized that, first of all, electrical cars would become more important, probably uh, maybe even the dominant way of driving a car. And smart charging would also become important because it was so logical that you would combine those two. And what year are we talking about? Uh, we are talking now uh, about 2008. How many 2009. cars were electric at that day uh, in, in, in the at, Netherlands? At that day in the Netherlands, probably there were one or two. Yeah, the first car that really came was the Tesla Roadster, but it's a car not everyone can afford. And then there was a, another car coming from Mitsubishi, but it was like a really small and very expensive car. So the first serious electric vehicle, affordable electric vehicle was the Nissan Leaf, I would say. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's the first one that came in volume that was really mass produced. Yeah. And even that was in, in the hundreds and uh, maybe one or two thousand. Exactly. Yeah. Time. So the numbers, the volumes yeah. back then were quite small. But even yeah. then, you saw the hole in the market or yeah, what made, that's, that's what made true. you click? Yeah, but well, I can tell that because I, I have worked always, like, like I explained earlier, in, in the mobile industry. And I, I, uh, I have been European program leader for developing the 3G protocol. And by doing that, I worked on mobiles while nobody had a mobile phone. 
and I saw exactly the same Again. thing happening. Uh, okay, so nobody had a phone, and you you saw solutions already for the problems yeah, coming we, up. Yeah, we we developed a protocol in a system that basically would would allow every European to have a mobile phone because that is what we projected. Is there something that you look in the future? Well. I, I think, well, you, you're not always right, huh? but I think I have a feeling that if something sounds very logical and I think this is an improvement and everybody will need that, I have a sense of feel for that. Yes, I think so. It shows because a lot of vehicles now are electric. Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, uh, for passenger cars, at least, I think, well, probably all of them will be electric in 20 years' time. That would be my guess. <laughs> Let's go a little bit deeper now, Hans. Yeah. Um, how does smart charging work? Yeah, so again, eh, we're talking about smart charging for electrical cars. Eh, so we don't talk about smart charging for anything else. Eh, so that, let's focus on that. And before we go into the, the techniques of how you do that, you have to understand this, why would you do it? Eh, that is always uh, an important question. Uh, and uh, well, in the early days, I worked together with Nexus for three years to basically work together on questions. Why, why would you do this? And, and the answer is, there are so many reasons why you can do this. You can do this to protect the grid. You can do it to make charging in, in a, let's say, an office building possible because there is limitation or capacity. You can do it because there is trading of energy, and in trading of energy, there's always an imbalance, and you can restore that imbalance. You can actively trade on a certain market, the day-ahead market or the imbalance market. You can, uh, I mean, there, there are, uh, yeah, I mean, you can basically protect the, 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 the transformer station in, in neighborhood. And we, we basically deployed all those options. And we thought about a solution, not for one particular question, but a solution that accommodates any question you can basically ask, why would I do it? And that, that's what I have developed uh, over the years. Uh, how, how do you make smart charging? And it doesn't really matter why you do it for, but whatever question you have, you can help them to accommodate that. Yeah, an example that I think often resonates with people is the example of not overloading your own household connection, right? Yeah. So your household is connected to the grid and it has a certain maximum capacity. If you want to use more, for instance, if you come home, you plug in your car at six o'clock and you also start cooking, you put on the dishwasher, whatever, you start to use a lot of electricity, then your grid connection capacity might not allow that. So if you start charging smart, so you don't start charging immediately at full power, but you spread it out through the night while you're parked, then that will prevent overloading of your own grid connection. Because if you need to upgrade it, it will cost you a lot more mm -hmm. money each month. Yeah, that, that's exactly true. When, when we develop this and we start deploying it commercially, the first commercial application on a large scale was, was not so much homes, because the, but it was office buildings. Yeah. Because in office buildings you have mostly uh, just the capacity to accommodate the building itself, the computers inside and the light and everything else that's needed. And then, of course, more and more, if it is a large office building, there are more and more people driving an electrical car and yeah, you need a couple of charge stations. And then suddenly, oh, gee, we don't have the capacity for that. And we could basically grow the capacity of charge stations to add that without smart change almost 10 times. So the, 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 and it was so much cheaper to do it that way that uh, you had an immediately business case to deploy it. And, and therefore, we deployed it, I think, literally in hundreds of buildings in the Netherlands. In and back then, that was the best business case. But now in the Netherlands, we're obviously facing 
very uh, heavy congestion issues on the grids. Definitely. So yeah. that becomes, yeah. I think, the next next to balancing the next business case. Yeah to solve with smart charging. Yeah, I think the, all the things we learned for uh, helping an, uh, an individual building, we can now deploy on the whole energy grid and we can deploy on even the energy system if you take it broader than that. Yeah. And can you give some examples of these solutions, some practical examples? Yeah, I think the first practical solution uh, we, we developed, well, actually we developed in the headquarters of Nexus as the first playground we had. The, 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 the Nexus had already the policy that every new car had to be electric, and they had, of course, hundreds of uh, company cars leased, so it was not a small thing to do. And they had a building with a transformer station inside, and replacing the transformer station was physically impossible. Yeah. So you, could, you basically had to destroy half of the building to get it out, because it was too big. And making it larger, you had to get it out, and then even a bigger one in, so that was not an option. No. Uh, we could have 20 cars charged in that building, but they needed at least 200 cars charged. And so everything we developed and we thought about, we deployed in the, in the cellar of the headquarters of Inexus in, uh, in Den Bosch in the Netherlands. And we let the network grow from 20 to 200 charge stations without having a risk that uh, the, the, the building would be over. And how did you do that? And well, we, we did that and then we, we come a little bit into the solution area. There you and go. We can, uh, we can talk about that. Because basically what you have to do is you have to develop three things within a system to make smart charging really possible. And I will come back to the example of the headquarters of Inexus to, exp to explain that. So the first thing you have to do is you have to think about clusters of charge stations in a topological order. Eh? It's a little bit complicated word, but basically what you do, let's, let's take the example of Amsterdam. Uh, you have an office building with, uh, with uh, 20 charge stations. You can create that a cluster. You have a public network of uh, let's say 10,000 charge stations, uh, because these, these public networks are already quite large. You, you make that another cluster. Then you can have the larger region of Amsterdam, uh, maybe with uh, 20,000 uh, charge stations. You can have all of the Netherlands with 100,000. And I call them all clusters. So what we do is we, we created clusters within a, in a network in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a relation with each other, and in, in a kind of what you call a topology. And then for each cluster, we make a smart charging profile. So that means that do you do it for capacity reasons? Do you do it to protect the grid? Do you do it because you trade on energy? It doesn't matter. That party can give you a, a charging profile. And what you do is within that cluster, you follow the smart, the pr the smart charging profile. Yeah, and that allows you, of <coughs> course, to become extremely flexible because you are certainly solution independent. And you are also independent on, uh, well, do you want to do it large scale, small scale? Do you want to do it all the, the whole country? Uh, because these things happen together. I mean, the fact that you have to protect the building, as I explained with, uh, with an access building, doesn't mean that you cannot use the same charge stations, maybe to protect the city of Setovenbos for uh, overcapacity or the trade imbalances from, uh, for the energy provider of that building. Yeah, so the idea is that, so, so the first thing we created, we learned that you have to make groups of clusters, mostly large, not, not one. I mean, you can do make one, but it's not so useful. Mm. 10, 20, hundreds, thousands, hundred thousands. And then deploy, uh, and then relate them to each other. And then you can basically connect the solution with each cluster. I've got this Im Im image now before my eyes, like some organic system 
which starts small, like the building of annexes, then you then you build it up to the city of Den Bosch, wasn't it? Yeah. Then to the Netherlands and so forth. It's like yeah. spreading. Yeah. But it's also uh, in that way far away and abstract. Yeah. What, what I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I, for I, sure. I will, uh, yeah. And it and it works. You proved it. Mm -hmm. But what does it mean for mine electric car? Yeah, I think that is that is uh, that is I think exactly the second part of the system we had to think about, because having those clusters is one thing. And then uh, let's let's talk about one cluster. Let's talk about one building to make it simpler. Yeah. Then you have hundred cars connected, and and then what do you do? And uh, the first the second thing we realized is, if you want to make this work, you must charge these cars with, yes, of course, you impact the charging of the car because that is what smart charging is about. Eh? You go faster or slower. But you have to do it in a way that you don't disturb it. So ideally that for a driver driving the car, he or she doesn't really mind that uh, that something is happening while charging the car they, faster or They slower. just want their car charged yeah, yeah. quick. Yeah. But they don't want to burn down the system. Exactly. And the question is, do they want to quickly charge their car? Cars are on average parked on top of my head. I'm not sure if the number is completely correct, but around 97% of the time, I think, maybe even 98. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So you don't need to charge quickly all the time. Yeah. If you want to charge quickly, you go to a fast charger when you, for instance, go on holiday to Southern Europe. Yeah. But if you charge in the office building and you're in the office building eight to nine hours, you probably don't need the entire time to charge. And maybe your battery doesn't even need to be full. It needs to be full enough to get you home at the end of the day. Does the system accommodate uh, these different kind of asking? Yeah, it even, to be honest, does it a little bit smarter because we, we looked for solutions ah. in, the, in, in other applications. How, because there, there, there are many applications where there is limited capacity for many resources that want to have it. And we looked at two examples. We looked at, uh, because it's my background, we looked at how do you divide uh, capac radio capacity in a mobile system. And you do that by a complicated word, uh, time division multiple access. Eh? So you basically give some people some bandwidth, but only when they need it. Mm -hmm. And we also looked at how you, your computer works, how your operating system works, because there are 100, 200 processes running at the same time. Yeah. They're all fighting for processing power. And there, is a, there are mechanisms within your computer, the operating system does that for you, to give every process a little bit of time to make sure that the whole thing keeps working. And you can work on the internet, you can work on your spreadsheet, and you can work on whatever things you do on your computer at the same time. And we, that's, that is what we had in mind, and we wanted to solve charging the cars in a way that basically impacting the cars, yes, Accommodating the charging profile I talked about for the for the cluster, yes, but not disturbing it in a way that you and and the way we did that is by looking at simple things. We know that if you just start charging your car, the car first have to connect well to the charge station. So of course, as you we give just them, saw in the yeah. driveway, yeah. So you get all the capacity <coughs> you need, and we, by giving all the capacity you need, you also find out how fast can this car really charge. Uh, okay, we know that. Secondly, of course, we follow uh, how much is charged and how long it is connected. But we also uh, basically put data points for if a car starts to uh, charge slower. Because if a, if, a, if a battery is 90 plus percent full, it starts to charge very, very slow. Automatically, right? Automatically. You don't, you don't do anything just to protect the battery. 
the charging power goes down. Yeah, we know all that. We know that as a mobile system knows that about every mobile phone connected to it. As, as an operating system knows that every process connected to it. And we use all that data to basically statistically decide what is the best uh, car to charge. And we give them all the capacity needs because in a charging a car, if you, if you bring it down a little bit, you also bring down the effectiveness. Because mostly some of the power is taking away, I, I'm not going to explain that how that works, but it's a little bit mm -hmm. too electronic for that. But if you give full power to a car, it's much more effective charging than half power. So we never give half power. An operating system also doesn't do that. You give the process all the power or not. And by giving it, and, and of course, if it has some, and, is an, and there are many, many cars, then you, you take it away for a while. So you stop charging or you, or you charge, but there is no like charging at half capacity it's for uh, one of the cars. It's what you do in mobile, time division. <coughs> we use time division uh, mechanism because it is 10 times more efficient than other mechanisms. And how do you make it it sounds difficult. I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of to think about, yeah. but we don't think. It's the system who thinks. It's the system. The system collects data, a lot of data. And where does it get the thinking power from? Well, the, the thinking power is by you start testing it and you look at how is a car charging and how does it work? What If I do this, what happens then? So it's a learning system it's too? A, it's a learning, yeah. It, it learns. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. for learning, you need capacity, yeah. thinking capacity. Yeah, is it, that it like is all done in the cloud. Or, uh, it's in, in the, the cloud. All right, there, that's where the space and, is. And uh, it is already when we deployed it in thousands of charge stations, as we did 10,000 of charge stations, it is really like AI is. It is, uh, I'm not going to uh, deny that it is a lot of data and it is a lot of, of uh, uh, calculation power that you need. Yeah, artificial intelligence. It's related to, uh, it, you can call it artificial intelligence, it's also a buzzword, uh, but it looks very much like right. it. Yeah. And from my understanding, so you look at the cars, statistically you decide which cars to charge and which car, cars to delay the charging for. Yeah, but, but always that everybody gets something. Yeah. Like, a, like an operating system, like a mobile phone. You don't like it if you switch on your mobile phone. And, and you it doesn't work, yeah. You look at YouTube and it doesn't work. And the system makes sure that you get enough bandwidth to at least, maybe not perfect, but it keeps working. And so you if, you, if you park for eight hours, somewhere in those eight hours, you will get charging power. Yeah. And most likely you will be full. Yeah. So everybody's happy at the end. Everybody's happy. That is important. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to disturb the driver. We want to impact the charging, but don't disturb it that you be get, become annoyed. And we learned by doing that in a large scale, because we did it in many, many countries, large scale buildings, countrywide in the UK, for instance. Uh, we learned where to set the boundaries that it is still acceptable for uh, an end user. And did you learn that also by trial and error? Did you ever run into any... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course, it is everything you do is trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> there is no other solution. Yeah. <laughs> there were some unhappy people too. Oh, yes, there are unhappy people too. And unhappy didn't cars. Work and it all, uh, yeah, you all have to go through Dead cars. Stages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, empty cars. Yeah. Empty cars, cars that didn't react properly because every car has a profile how it communicates with a charge station but your, your eyes start to twinkle because i think this is what you like this is like of course yeah this this is what makes life fun yeah <laughs> you try and that you try to make it work and it goes <laughs> wrong and then you try again uh, and and then in the end you succeed uh, that is the that's the good part and of in it. the end you succeed and it's indeed <laughs> interesting right because in the starting days you the cars and the charge point have a an open standard protocol that they use to communicate but it's still different uh, for every car. So with new motion, we also ran into that, that we had to test the charging behavior with every individual new car that came on the market. 
because it indeed it responds differently. Yeah. And, and with smart versions charging. of cars, yeah. Yeah, different versions yeah. of the same uh, yeah, the brand. The OEMs, uh, they, they knew we, we did a lot of smart charging. They gave us even the profiles. We worked together. So we, they gave us the profiles who, who of did? our car. The OEMs, that is what is that, uh, the car manufacturers. So Volkswagen and, uh, okay. uh, and Renault. They gave us the profiles of the car because they knew that we had thousands of charge stations that we would smart charge, that uh, their cars would not run into trouble with it. They had, a, they had an interest to do that. So there is, it, is, it is an ecological system altogether with cars, charge stations, buildings, grid operators, energy companies. You, you can look at it as a, as a complex ecological system that has to work together. And where everyone also benefits from working together. It is a bit of a sidestep, but in the starting days we also worked together, even though Greenflux and Emotion were, well, not completely doing the same thing, but competitors in some way. But we worked together to develop open protocols because everyone back then will benefit from it yeah. and still still do right so for instance if i want to charge with my card on a charge point from green flux it needs to work and the other yeah. way around so everyone worked together to make sure that the uh, all open protocols work properly yeah it is uh, it is a uh, like many technological or other ecological systems are if you work together you can achieve much yes. more these days you got all type of cars now yeah all type of countries make cars, all type of uh, Renault, Volkswagen, everybody's in, I think. Yeah. Do they give all their information to you because they believe in this smart system? I'm they, they don't give all the information, but they give the, the, the charging characteristics to you because uh, they want their car to be charged flawless everywhere. There you go. They don't compete. They don't compete on that, no. They don't compete. Uh, other things like having direct access to a car, eh, to the computer system of a car, that is not what every uh, no, car but, manufacturer but, does. But the that most, is a different story. But the most simple thing in, in the start is you, you need the same plug. Yeah. Well, the plug is the same, but also they give you the, the way like, uh, well, we, we, we charge it, uh, in this case, a Tesla in front of the house. Uh, we could see that the Tesla doesn't immediately start charging. It starts communicating with the charge station. And then it asks a little bit, because the car is always in control of how much power it wants in the end. It, gives, it asks a little bit of power from the charge station. And the charge station says, yes, that's okay. And then it, and it asks a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. But every car does that in a different way. And you have to know that because you have to use that to tell the car charge slower or stop charging. And you have to know that when you stop charging, you also can go back. And you shouldn't, this, you shouldn't lose the connection. And then so we learned how not to lose a connection with cars. And to get it a little bit smarter, sometimes the car gives back energy or not. Yeah, that we, we, for us it's just a, a negative in the equation. For us, giving back or stopping at zero, it doesn't matter. No, because when you start cooking in your house or when you want to yeah. watch same television, sometimes yeah. the car is, is, is a battery itself, isn't yeah. it? We did, in, uh, we did in applications years ago already in the UK. We had Nissan Leafs connected with negative uh, charging. And uh, we just call that, uh, we, well, in, in the numbers, it's a negative. Yeah. Monica, you want to elaborate? Yeah. So I think it's good to make that distinction very clearly because many people think when you talk about smart charging that you do mean what you just explained, it's called vehicle to grid. So the car providing energy back into the grid. Yeah. But smart charging uh, that we're discussing so far is not delivering energy back 
to the grid is just changing the output of the charger in a smart way to make sure that you don't consume a lot of energy all at the same time. And vehicle to grid, I would say, is really a next step where you can also indeed deliver energy back into the grid. However, both the charger and the car need to be physically capable of doing that. And it's not a very widespread technology yet. Yet, okay. Cool. Yeah. So this is another look in the future then? Yeah, I would say that, that for the way you do it, it doesn't matter. In practice, 99% is uh, not by taking energy out of the car. But taking energy out of the car, it doesn't change how you do it. It's, but it's, it's just the same. It's exactly. just the same with a negative. But it's not necessary to be able to do vehicle to grid to do smart no. charging. And I think that's a common misconception. Well, the example I gave in the building of Venexus, uh, to come back to that concrete example, there were 200 cars there. Uh, we didn't have to do take energy from the battery because it's also not always that efficient because you lose 5 to 10% of the energy by going up and down. And also the lifetime of a battery is often expressed in... Uh, the amount of charging cycles that you do. Exactly. Yeah. And if you do, let's say, common smart charging, if I may call it that, you don't increase the amount of uh, charging cycles of the battery because you still charge once, but you do it differently. You spread the charging over a longer period of time, but it's one cycle. When you do vehicle to grid, you charge the battery, you discharge it. You charge it again, you discharge it. And we don't have any... We don't have many long-term studies on this yet, but the hypothesis is that this has, can have a negative impact on battery lifetime. It has, oh. uh, because there are cycles, Seriously? and every battery has a characteristic in cycles, so it will have a negative. It, it, it is basically uh, economically impacting the battery. Exactly, while well, smart, smart charging doesn't. doesn't. No, because we don't, ex we don't increase the amount of cycles for exactly. the battery. Exactly, exactly. Lonneke, can you, can you round it up a little bit? Everything we heard. Yeah, that's quite uh, challenging, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without summarizing what we discussed, there are two things that I like to add. So um, one thing is that while electric vehicles can help to provide a solution to many issues that we're going to face in the energy transition, it needs to be complemented with other solutions as well. Because one thing that, for instance, car batteries cannot do is store energy for a very long extended periods of time yeah. you would need another storage solution for that so yes it can help in shorter duration flexibility issues but it cannot do seasonal storage of electricity and the other thing that i wanted to conclude with is to just provide some numbers on where we are with electric mobility and charging stations and light us yeah <laughs> i have to look at uh, the numbers no that problem. i took with me because i didn't didn't memorize it but so the Netherlands is one of the top countries in Europe when it comes to electric mobility. And it may also be logical, right? Because we're quite a small country and the distances that we're driving are often not so, uh, not so big. So as the 1st of January 2023, 10.7% of the passenger cars in the Netherlands were electric. I think that's quite, quite cool, 10%. Um, when we look at the charging stations, there was a study from the European Automobile Manufacturers Association earlier this year. And in that study, it showed that there are 90,000 charging stations in the Netherlands okay. and 60,000 in Germany. Well, if we look at Europe as a whole, there are 307,000 chargers, which means that the Netherlands and Germany together make up more than 50% of the charging stations in Europe. Okay, so it's different speed. Yeah, definitely. So we see that we're really ahead here. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got to take it to a next level then, European, more European to yeah, start absolutely. with. Absolutely, 
and then Absolutely. the world and then the needs are different in different countries so that's why i have to remain so flexible as i explained because well we don't have a very strong grid in the netherlands for instance eh? and in france and in scandinavia they have but also in spain and italy they have uh, serious issues with uh, power supply in some areas so you have to remain very flexible and uh, and and make it work in every kind of yeah ecosystem that they uh, energy ecosystem that they have a lot has been done there's a lot still to do yes yeah that that's also always the fun part and in the meantime stay smart <laughs> yes <laughs> this was transition talk on site a podcast by accenture my name is harman van der veen my name is londeke tabak and you're hans de boer hans de boer yes there you go thank you for listening you can find us in any podcast platform you like we'll be back soon with interesting topics on interesting locations and in the meantime stay smart and stay sustainable, sustainable. <laughs> Good. <laughs>